Welcome to Journey on My Mind, a podcast produced by Journey Church. Our mission is to provide practical guidance for navigating the complexities of modern life by combining psychological principles with biblical counseling. Join us on this path where we explore the meaning point of science and faith and offer insights to help you on your journey. Welcome to another Journey on My Mind. We have a special guest with us today that we'd have you been on a journey on my mind yet? This would be Susie Lind, one of I the think... pastors here no. at Journey Church. So this is her I well, I don't think so. Unless voyage. I, my memory's not great, so it's possible, I don't but I, have, I don't think so. But we've done, like back in the day, we did some Instagram yeah, before, lives. Before this became before a thing. Before this was yes. a thing. We did. Yes. So I, I gave you your break. Yes. Right, my big break. <laughs> and, and Made my career. Yes, it's so kind of you. Um, and Sam is on the road with um, Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we still have Lauren and Dave. Still, oh, yeah. I like right. how you say still. Still, uh-huh. oh, we are so the grateful. Experts. The experts. Uh, and uh, and me, Kevin. So uh, with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a soft pitch over to Dave and say, Hey, do you know anything about Susie Lind? I know a lot. Well, <laughs> I know a decent amount. But since we have her for the first time on the podcast, we're gonna do Susie psychoanalysis because. Does this La- mean I get free therapy? It is. It's free therapy. <laughs> Lauren and I are psychoanalysts, mm, right? I'm definitely not. No, we're, we're not. <laughs> we're not. I'm creative, a lot of things, but not that. But not that. Yes. But here's what we're going to do. Susie, I'm going to give you one minute and I'm going to ask you seven questions. So oh, there's boy. a lot of pressure on it. And this is going to reveal all things about okay. Susie's personality. <laughs> are you going to summarize it? Like, are you going to like no. give us an explanation no. of it? No, I am. Yeah, it, that's Kevin's job. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, Susie. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Your happy place? The beach. Your pet peeve? Socks in the living room. Mm, A recommended book? Try Softer by Andy Kolber. Mm. A bucket list task you haven't done yet? Task? Yeah. I don't have tasks in my bucket list. I don't mean a task. I mean like an activity, (laughs) like bungee jumping off a bridge or something. Oh, no. Going to Italy. Okay. (laughs) Three people on your favorite humans list that are not in your family. They don't have. Oh, my goodness. This is only three. There could be more, but three people. Okay. Well, one of them is actually my friend Laura, who's sitting in the next room. Cool. She flew in to spend the day with me today. Wow. Nice. Um,. I would put Tim Timmons on that list. Mm, good one. Mm-hmm. And? And I mean, not because he's my boss or he's sitting no, right you next can't to me, say but he- I kind of, I mean, <laughs> no, I kind of like him. No, I can't say Kevin. Okay. No. Um, I'm family. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, basically. Who's the third person not in my family? Mm-hmm. Favorite person list. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, harder than I thought. Oh, gosh. There's so many. I just, I have a lot of favorite people. You do know just a lot. Just throw a dart and pick one. Yeah. Wow, this is I know. weirdly hard it's for you. It's really, really hard. All right, time's up. Okay, sorry. I couldn't narrow it you down. You failed that one. I'm sorry. Last question. Mm-hmm. What number am I thinking of? Five. Correct. 
Very good. Great. Great. All right. So what does that say about me? Oh, all kinds of things. Lauren, what do you think? Well, what it says about her is we need to hang out more. Love Mm. dogs, love the beach, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. would love to go to Italy. I ran into your husband at the beach when I was there last time. You did? Yeah. He was walking your dog. Yes. Oh, Dobby the house dog. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have a house dog. Mm -hmm. Well, it's... Dobby's named after Dobby the house elf from Harry Potter. Oh. We call Dobby, Dobby the house elf. I got you. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the book. That that was the one I wanted to go back to. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. And probably for people who enjoy listening to this podcast, if they haven't read it, it's really great. Andy Kolber is also a therapist. So the book is called Try Softer as opposed to Try Harder Mm because we're so ingrained to just try harder to, to get through life and to deal with our issues. And she proposes that you are softer and more gentle with yourself. And she sort of um, walks you through how to be uh, kinder to yourself, giving yourself space to deal with the traumas in your life, and more importantly, the repair work that you're trying to do. Um, She teaches grounding exercises and um, different things like that. It's really great. Cool. Yeah. We're going to put it in the show notes, mm-hmm. right, Edwin? Try softer. Try, Try softer. softer as a recommended book. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. That sounds mm-hmm. good. All right. Well, we know all things about your personality now. Okay. It's all out there laid Can I bare. still be here today? Uh, <laughs> or did we'll, I get we'll, fired? We'll, con- we'll confer. <laughs> Have you ever had a cat is the question. Never. Never. Good. See, I know I like no. Susie Lynn and I like her even more. I do more. not like cats. I think we're all dog people. Uh-uh. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I think cats are cute, but... If I'm near one, I will break out into hives uh, and yeah, I can't, very bad allergic reaction. Me too. I can't breathe. Like it, my whole yeah. head just goes. Mm. I yeah. just don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're either mean or disassociative. Everything mm. you guys said is true for me. Like mm. I have allergic reactions <laughs> and I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> we just lost 50% of our yeah, that's fine. audience. Yeah. It, People are very divided on this issue. Very so. divided. It's, it's, it's divided America. And so... <laughs> Yeah, that's sorry. Yeah. That's what's divided. It's a dog-only podcast. <laughs> but speaking of personality, yes, that's what we were going to talk about, about today. today. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about was this idea of personality and personality disorders, particularly mm-hmm. in the church. So this may end up being a two-parter. Sure, makes sense. That might be. Um, and so we're, first, let's talk about what personality is, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about personality disorders. Mm-hmm. So. I would say the simplest definition of personality is long-standing patterns of relating to other people. Hmm. Okay. Do you have a better one? No. Is it <laughs> good? Is it could could it include relating to um, beyond people? Like some personalities find themselves relating to space or to design or to art, or am I just Mm. fishing in a pond that doesn't No, I, I would say it's more about the interpersonal relationship of how you Great. relate. Mm-hmm. It could include yourself. Okay. It could include your relationship with God, mm-hmm. but it's some kind of interpersonal relationship. Okay. That's it, great. That's yeah. a great It's really narrowing. organized in your way of attaching. Right. Right. That's yeah, really the it comes from it. your attachment style. It's informed by your attachment style, but it's these long-standing patterns, it's tendencies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. some people tend to be more outgoing extroverts. Some people tend to be more introverted where they don't like to be around a group of people or they have a select number of people and they need breaks, introvert. Yep. Um, that's that's a enduring pattern. It doesn't okay. mean that they could never be 
different in a particular situation. It's just the tendency. Okay. So you could have things about your extrovert introvert style. You could have things about whether you're open to new ideas and experiences or more narrowly focused in your thoughts. You could have, um, patterns of being very reliable and responsible or patterns of being more kind of freestyle and mm -hmm. less responsible, all kinds of things like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that takes us to personality disorders. Okay. This is, we're going to need to linger on this for just a minute because how we understand this is really important to understanding the parts that come after this. Okay. So in mental health, there are diagnostic um, conditions. They're diagnoses of like major depression, bipolar disorder, panic attacks, uh, or panic disorder, um, e eating disorders, and so on. Okay. And then in the middle of that is personality disorders, and those are still under that same umbrella of mental health disorders, but they're fundamentally different, even though they overlap. This is where it gets a little bit, we need to be as precise as we can be. So okay. if you have a personality disorder, you also have a mental health? Yes. Diagnosis? A personality disorder is a mental health disorder. Okay. Yes. Okay. So here's how I think about it, Lauren, if you have a better way to think about it. I think about personality disorder as being a problem of your operating system. If we're going to use a computer analogy, okay. it's a problem of your fundamental base of operating. Whereas something like anxiety or depression or things like that are more like the applications mm. that run. Mm -hmm. Oh. Right? Right. And so if they're sitting on top of an operating, system. an operating system that's buggy or got certain quirks about it or tends to crash in certain ways, it's going to affect those things too. Sure. Right. So a person with a personality disorder might be, depending on the kind, more prone to anxiety or depression or things like that. It might. Okay. So there, there, that's where the overlap happens. But we're really what we're talking about, since personality is these long standing patterns uh -huh. that have really evolved since you were young. Okay. Then it's a disorder of that. And when we mean, what we mean by disorder is it is formed in a way that causes you fundamental problems in your life, mm. particularly in relationships. Okay. But it also could be at work. It could be yeah. in any context, but it's something that the way your personality has formed over time right. now causes you ongoing difficulties in certain key areas. So, so, so I, this is the, I'm sorry, I interrupted okay. you, Susie. Okay. So it prompts me to ask the question, is there a um, personality that doesn't have a disorder? Yeah. Sure. I mean, all of us have, all of us, <laughs> I'm curious, all because... of us have bugs in our personality and all of us have quirks and things that aren't right. And things that yeah. really what we're talking about is when it's severe enough uh -huh. that it's causing these really intense, very problematic patterns in how you relate or in how you, uh, interface with the world. Okay. Right. It might affect your ability to hold a job. It might affect your ability to stay in a relationship. It might affect your ability to do any kind of major role in life, potentially, okay. depending on what kind it is. So one more question. And no, then I'm sorry, Susie, if you have another one, I just want to know, is there any moral qualities to this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Um, rights or wrongs or sure. Um, some kind of core thing that goes, you know, you keep 
doing this wrong thing or this and is and oh, it's yeah. a defect of your personality. I don't or, think, I mean, you may have a different, I, I don't think you, particularly with a couple that we're going to talk about today, uh-huh. I don't think you can strip out the moral aspect of okay. it. I don't think it's possible uh-huh. because by nature, some of these involve behavior that is immoral or or certainly at best amoral. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, I'm with you. So my question is, given that it's longstanding patterns, are these typically not um, diagnosable until you're into your adult years? Correct. Okay. Right. Actually, in the oh. in the diagnostic manual, you can't formally diagnose them until 18 or older. Okay. So someone can't have a personality disorder technically until they're in adulthood, although it's a slow train coming. Yeah. You, don't... So you can even tell if they're <laughs> like if their frontal lobe hasn't been fully right. developed. You can still sort of see what's coming. Uh, often, often. But, like, you know, there are a lot of 14-year-olds who look like they have borderline personality disorder. I mean, mm-hmm. because they're just making impulsive decisions and they're mm-hmm. adolescents. And that's why we don't diagnose that earlier is because they are still developing, yeah. you know, who they are. But sometimes I'll see a 12 or 13-year-old and think, if we don't write the ship, this right. is blooming mm-hmm. personality disorder kinds mm-hmm. of behavior. Yeah. Uh, that's a good way to think about it. Blooming. We used to like do that. consultation with a psychiatrist years ago, back in when I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And he always had this line when we would talk about a teenager. Adolescence is a borderline state. <laughs> and borderline personality disorder means unstable, mm-hmm. uh, kind of <laughs> yes. like not clear on identity. It's it's like yeah. w- what we're talking about is adolescence is characterized by that. Yeah. Sure. So you yeah. can't say, well, this person has borderline personality disorder because developmentally that's some of what you'd expect. But you can see sometimes if this doesn't get better, here's yeah. where we're going. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not going to end well. Right. So yeah. is that why like, because, you know, a while ago, people would not want to medicate young kids mm-hmm. because their brains were still developing. And it seems that now there's more of a, well, if we can, like with SSRIs and mm-hmm. stuff, like if we can medicate them when they're younger, like in their adolescence, then they have a better chance of not needing it when they're older. Possibly, yes. Mm-hmm. So here's here's the interesting thing, is some of those other mental health problems mm-hmm. that a person so for example there might be a family history of depression yeah and this kid may be prone to depression from very early on mm-hmm. or anxiety disorders or impulsive behavior or you fill in the blank and if that's not managed mm-hmm. it actually can put you on a trajectory yeah. to not only do you have this anxiety disorder but now you have it, your personality has formed around that. Right. It's like a tree growing around a, okay. a, a mm-hmm. uh, fence post. Mm-hmm. It starts to grow around it mm-hmm. and form mm-hmm. that that affects the the shape of the tree yeah. and the way that the disorder affects the shape of the personality. Right. Okay. You would think about a child with depression having more difficulty accepting the love that's given to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. For feeling that they're good enough, mm-hmm. and so if you go for believing those things, it can really affect your personality mm-hmm. de- personality development. But we wouldn't diagnose a personality disorder unless it really was affecting someone's quality of life, right? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's the biggest way to think about it: is yeah. is their way of relating 
affecting their quality of life in a really negative way. And you think about things like depression or anxiety, when you treat them typically with talk therapy, you know, CBT mm-hmm. and, and medication, they get better. Yeah. That's not necessarily the case with personality disorders. They're mm-hmm. much more difficult to treat. Medication might help some of the symptoms, like the co-occurring anxiety and depression mm-hmm. that come from them, mm-hmm. but it's not really going to touch the way that their personality is organized. Got right. it. Right. Yeah. It's really good. But early intervention might head off some of those personality traits that are developing going in the in a certain direction and we do have better evidence-based practices now for treating personality disorders it's i would just say it's more difficult but i wouldn't want someone who's got a personality disorder diagnosis Mm -hmm. to lose hope because there definitely there is hope but it's more of an interpersonal therapy style dialectical behavior therapies and things like that and we'll get to the like what do we do um but the point also that i want to underline here is this is very from a from a mental health treatment standpoint very hard mm-hmm. to treat these are very very hard conditions um so do people generally know they have them um uh, that's a great question i'd say it's a mixed bag okay there, there there are some people that are very distressed and once they learn how to conceptualize whatever this thing is yeah it's a great relief to them mm-hmm. okay so they know that something's not right they know that they've had this long history of problems with relationships they know that they yeah. can't manage their emotions well or whatever it might be and once they understand this is what this is it's like okay and now it gives them okay. kind of a, a, a framework that right. helps them there are other people depending on the condition yeah that we'll talk about yeah that may be very very unaware unaware okay incredibly unaware and so that's part of what makes it tough to treat yeah sometimes. so there's probably you know a handful of people listening to this our dear listener who's the going, one dear listener yeah mm-hmm. i don't i don't have a personality mm-hmm. but they might it's possible okay yeah i mean i would say in in the the purpose of this podcast is not to diagnose. No, 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 no. And the purpose is not for you to be junior psychologist and diagnose other people. It's really just to have an operating framework for this yeah. to, un- to understand yeah. it well. But if someone's got long-standing problems of personality patterns toward other people, right? Meh, right? <laughs> yeah. I remember. I can't remember the actress, but it was. <laughs> David Letterman was interviewing someone, might have been Drew Barrymore. So I, I, I hate to use that name because I'm not sure if it was her. But his point was, um, you know, all these situations that you're describing, maybe you're the common variable. <laughs> right. right. You know, right. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you're the yeah. you're the one. Yeah. So that's the framework that we're, we're starting with. Thanks, now Dave. we're going to talk about this is going to get a little slightly technical it's not super technical but just how uh, people in mental health conceptualize or, or or categorize this okay and you don't need to remember the all the the letters and all this but just this gives you a, a way of thinking about it. so we think about personalities disorders in three categories okay we call them clusters cluster a b and c okay all right so cluster A are personality disorders where the person tends to have very odd, eccentric thinking and sometimes behavior. Okay. So those would be personality. Again, you don't need to know these terms, but paranoid personality disorder, huh. something called a schizoid personality disorder, schizotypal or schizotypal personality disorder. Um, these are all where the person is very, very odd in their thinking. Mm-hmm. And I mean like 
diagnosably odd, not just like they have a couple of weird ideas, but just they're they're on another planet in terms of how odd it is, right? Okay. Um, then cluster B, and that's what we're going to talk about a lot in just okay. a minute. Okay. Are more unpredictable, dramatic, uh, highly emotional, uh. or weirdly emotional kinds of difficulties. Okay. So I think of the first one as being more related to thought, the middle one being more related to maybe behavior, although oh. there's overlap there too. Sure. Um, and that would include antisocial personality, mm-hmm. borderline personality, histrionic personality, narcissistic personality disorder. Okay. We'll get back to that. Yeah. And then cluster C are more anxious, fearful personalities. And those would be avoidant personalities, dependent personalities, and not obsessive compulsive disorder, but obsessive compulsive personality, oh. which is a little bit different, okay. similar. You've got a great way of thinking about those. This is a better way. So that's the technical jargon. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing to remember. Yeah. So the way that I learned these was to remember that cluster A, think of them as weird. Cluster B, think of them as wild. And then cluster C, think of them as worried. So mm. weird, wild, and worried. Yeah. Okay. Right? So that's kind of a good little mnemonic uh-huh. if yeah, you need that's one. Helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's helpful. And a lot of these will overlap with one another too. Sure. You know, yeah, someone with schizoid um i'm worried it might be wild it might overlap with schizotypal or with with borderline or you know there can be can you just give me a one schizoid schizoid yeah they're they're very um uh odd in their affect so Mm -hmm. they tend to be flat they tend to have odd ideas they tend to be a little hermity um not a need for a lot of social interaction or want for touch or or, and it's not like, oh, I want it, but I'm anxious about relationship. It's like, I don't have a need for other right. human interaction. And not like someone on the autism spectrum, but really right. someone that by personality, it's like, I'm fine to stay away from the humans. But like, does someone like <laughs> that present as having autism? They like could. if, if I mean, I didn't know what that was. If yeah. I saw mm-hmm. somebody like that mm-hmm. and experienced them a bit, would I... Would it be common that I would think, oh, they must be on the spectrum? You somewhere? could, you could, okay. you could mistake it. Mm-hmm. The one of the differences is that someone on the autism spectrum isn't likely to have very, very odd thought. They might get very preoccupied with mm-hmm. things, very focused on things, mm-hmm. have special interests. But what a schizoid personality disorder tends to have is very like, um, like prone to conspiracy yeah. theory, prone to um, just odd beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. Schizotypal, which is, say is the other one, is more. Is, it's a personality sort of almost looks schizophrenic. The Susie other just thought of her other favorite friend. <laughs> Definitely not my favorite friend. <laughs> Moving right along. Yeah. But, you, yeah. but does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So some of these might look like other things, um, and really we're looking at someone's history. We're looking at how it presents that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and our job here isn't to diagnose people like and we don't want you the the takeaway isn't oh and i've got this i'm going to diagnose my family members right it's more like oh this is the way we think about this mm-hmm. i will right. say you almost can't help but go there though like i remember in uh, class I'm learning about no, this in right, right, right. School, i'm like oh so and so's good yeah <laughs> no, that's just yeah, me yeah. i was total junior psychologist you know like i can tell yeah yeah, yeah. i mean I, yeah. I i i know we can't help but do it but, but i'm just saying that's uh-huh. that's yeah. really keep not, it to yourself right. not keep it to yourself oh yeah yeah that's a good way to say it before we move off of that I just want to ask the question, do the personality tests help with any of this? Type? Oh, yeah. Okay. But not like the ones you find online. 
So yeah. there are a couple. Oh, like this, not the 12 not question. The yeah. No, no. <laughs> the 12-question the disc yeah. profile doesn't help? No. It would be like tests like the MMPI or the PAI. Those are the names right. of some personality tests that psychologists would use to help diagnose personality okay. Right. Disorders. Not the, yeah. like... The, the Enneagram, mm -hmm. the, or the DISC, or things like that. Okay. Th those, don't, those don't really help with this. It's the clinical, the mm -hmm. ones yeah. that psychologists would give. Yeah. Yeah. And they help a lot. Mm -hmm. Actually, okay. sometimes they help really tease out, is this more of another condition or is this a personality disorder? Yeah. Sometimes that's helpful. Are we looking at a more organic schizophrenia kind of mm -hmm. thing, more of a personality disorder yeah. that, that could look like schizophrenia with some magical thinking? Or, and mm -hmm. I would say the state of the art in terms of diagnosis with it is still not great. Right. It's really not because there's so much overlap. Mm. And again, think of this, the, and, and I'm not trying to undermine this way of thinking about it, but these are constructs. Mm -hmm. These are constructs that we're sort of saying these symptoms tend to kind of go together. Whereas something like, let's say bipolar disorder is clearly a, or schizophrenia is clearly a disease process of the brain, okay. right? It's clearly a disease that we can, these are more constructs that hang together well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So do we have time to get into cluster b which is yeah we have, was, we have 15 minutes cool this will lead us into the the this going into the church and all that of all three of them the one that seems to be most problematic and most frequent in the church or the cluster b yeah. so the wild the wild ones mm -hmm. so can i ask a question why are they <laughs> no aren't you glad you invited <laughs> yes me? i am no we're very I really glad. Am. we very want glad. you yes. we yeah. want you here so why are you saying they they're more prone to show up in the church are you saying more prone to show up in the church than anywhere else no okay no than the other the other three the other two categories because why? well the first category often is more remote Recluse. and, and reclusive okay. or they they don't tend to Socialize. Do yeah. well in community. And the other are more anxious. And they, even if they're in uh, community settings, they often fly a little more under the radar mm -hmm. and they're less disruptive. They're not causing hurt to people or causing a lot of division. And a lot of the cluster B, just by nature, tend to be extremely kind of black and white, divisive. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's it. So Just, are they, you're not saying that these types of personality disorders are drawn to the church? I for am any reason. also saying that. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, that's a good clarification. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he is. Okay. I'm saying both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying we see the these in the church more prominently and we see the church draws this. Yes. And and there's all clear reasons why that's true. Mm. What are they, Dave? Well, one is that it's a soft target. Oof. I mean, it is. You've got people that generally are open and compassionate and kind, and they will... And helpful. And helpful. And so they attach themselves to people like that who, um, in, in many cases, uh, they end up, I don't want to say, taking advantage of or wearing mm -hmm. them out or yeah. whatever. Also, for a couple of these, it offers a platform where they can find themselves in a position where they can mm -hmm. be in front of people yep. or have influence other, over other people, it really plays into their stuff. This is really helpful. Good. There's more to come, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, well, more to come. Part of this is in your book. Well, I, I talk about... Nar the, the, the last book I wrote is 
about how the evangelical church has been infected by what we call collective narcissism, mm-hmm. yes. which is like communal narcissism. Like we're so special, right? Right. Yes. That's really what um, we're so special. And if you don't get that, then you're wrong, and we're okay to be mad and, and opposing yeah. you, and not kind, right? And that is similar but different than a okay. personality disorder. It could include a personality disorder, but you can have people within that community that mm-hmm. don't have a personality disorder but are operating under those kind of assumptions and rules yeah that's a little bit different okay and it feels the same yeah right anyway, right uh, yeah functionally it, just, it might it, be the same thing yeah yeah just i've worked with people like that yeah. so i just like wow absolutely okay all right so we're going to do the high level flyover of the cluster b yes. personality disorders we're going to revisit this yes we susie will. come back and be with us next, okay, yeah. yeah our next one so we can okay yeah again bullet points Antisocial personality disorder is a little misleading because it sounds like antisocial means I don't like to socialize. What it means is I'm going against social norms. So an antisocial personality disorder is similar but not the same as what we often might call a sociopath. Someone who's going to manipulate, cheat, exploit, Mm -hmm. lie, take advantage of, uh, in some cases break the law. Yeah as a pattern of life. Okay. That's how they're going to operate. Sometimes they can be very, very slick. Yeah. Sometimes they can look very, very professional and together. Uh Um, They can be great con men. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're just brutish. But (laughs) either way, it's not just, oh, this person embezzled from this place. It's this is how this person operates in life. Yeah. Okay. Okay, That's antisocial personality disorder. Yeah, and it usually starts with conduct disorder in right. childhood. Yeah, in childhood, conduct disorder is that pattern of breaking rules. They're, they're never following the rules at school. They're never following, you know, it's okay. like the the consistent pattern of so, breaking rules yeah. at every developmental level. Where, That's different than oppositional defiance? It is. It's okay. much more serious than okay. an oppositional yeah. defiant disorder. Oppositional yeah. defiant is more like, you know, refusing and saying no mm-hmm. and being, being obstinate. It, obstinate. Mm-hmm. And it can lead to unchecked the other, but it's a milder thing. And a conduct disorder is where you've got a kid who's, you know, they're, they're getting expelled. They're getting kicked out of school. They're getting in trouble all the time Mm -hmm. and it doesn't stop. Violating the rights of others. Right. Mm -hmm. And in Uh, adulthood, this is the adult version of that. Gotcha. Got it. Now, biggie borderline personality disorder. Again, these are terms that are kind of holdovers from a different era Mm. and it used to be thought that borderline meant it was on the border between normal functioning, maybe a little neurotic and more psychotic, like loss of reality. Gotcha. That's not really how we think about it, but we still use the same term. The terms for personality disorders are terrible. They're all They're terrible. really yeah. unhelpful. Because it's so funny because that you, not funny, but <laughs> great that you just said uh, that. Yeah. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, gosh, I hope that the listeners understand that our goal here is to f- learn how to become compassionate yeah. holders mm-hmm. of these things. Yeah, right. right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah Thank you for saying that because that's really what we want. Mm-hmm. We yeah. want to understand yeah. it well and not be judgmental yeah. and not be excluding. That's not the point. Right. But really, to the the better we understand this, it really helps us relate better and have better boundary. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It, where we're going is what we would call boundaried generosity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's, it's we're still going to be kind and generous, but with the appropriate boundaries that don't feed into this. But are actually loving and kind. But are loving and kind. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So borderline personality disorder is um, a pattern of instability 
across the board. Unstable sense of self, unstable mm -hmm. sense of emotions or of emotions, of behavior, um, of decision-making, highly unstable, very intense. One of the leading researchers and experts in borderline personality disorder, Marsha Linehan says, they have no skin. That's her, it's like everything's raw. Mm. Everything hits hard, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the most widely held conceptualization of borderline personality disorder is that they grow up in an environment that is invalidating, an early mm. environment that's invalidating where they don't really get their needs met. And so they're trying to get their needs met in all of these very desperate, elaborate mm. ways. Mm. It might be self-harm. It might be jumping out of the car when your boyfriend breaks up with you. Right. Um, it might be, you know, lots of different ways, but it's like, I don't know how to get my needs met. And so I'm trying in all of these other mm -hmm. ways. And, you know, sometimes I, I've seen young adults who have borderline personality disorder and they would say, I actually had a, a loving and validating family, yeah. but for whatever reason, the way their wiring is set mm -hmm. up, they couldn't really accept that or, you know, something they about it, it didn't in. jive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. And or, that, that really our understanding of how these develop has grown because it used to be all psychoanalytic stuff yeah. of it's always the mother and it's always this. Mm -hmm. Where it's evolved is to understand temperament, a person's yeah. wiring, and how they take in or can't take in attachment and nurturing affects this too. Well, and isn't it trauma response too sometimes? Could be oh, yeah. yeah. Or, or neglectful early environment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so invalidating is a very benign way of saying you know yeah, I mean but I mean like someone grows up level. in a validating home where they're loved and mm -hmm. cared for but they experience trauma outside of the home yes and it does something to them where they can't receive any longer right that's 100 percent true you start yeah. to not trust others yeah. not trust yourself think other people are yeah. bad you're bad yeah. oh. sets them on a trajectory mm -hmm. toward that yeah absolutely okay two more Histrionic, again, bad word, uh, <laughs> don't love it. Histrionic personality disorder is uh, excessively emotional, attention-seeking, mm -hmm. craving spotlight, needing to be the center of attention, very shallow emotional expressions, mm -hmm. very um, kind of big and flamboyant. Mm -hmm. uh. mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely dramatic. <laughs> There's I a always, lot going on in well, your head. Well, I right always there. think of the character <laughs> of... Stop it. Uh, did, you all, did you guys watch Will and Grace when it was on? Yes. Yeah. I was thinking about Jack, the character Jack, yeah. like as Jack. kind of a histrionic personality. Uh -huh. Do you remember him? Right. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. It's like very kind of the shallow emotions, uh -huh. but big emotions. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's and, and I would say too much. Mm -hmm. Just you, too much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a good way to think about it. It's just, it's, it's big and too much mm -hmm. and very dramatic intention seeking. In some cases might dress in really provocative ways yeah. or that kind of thing. The class clown would mm, maybe fit in that. Maybe, but more of it's 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 more of a Theatric. Yeah, yeah, it's a little more theatrical. The drama queens. Drama queens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not that every drama queen is like that. Yes. Right. <laughs> We're gonna have all these little asterisks yeah, uh -huh, and, uh -huh. and footnotes in the in the yeah, 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 show yeah. notes from Susie. <laughs> Susie wants to make sure it's yeah. not all drama queens. I can be a drama queen. <laughs> right. And the, the last one is a biggie, and this this is a biggie yeah. is narcissistic personality disorder. Right. Before I describe it, let me just say, all of us are narcissistic. Mm -hmm. Not all narcissism is pathological. Narcissism in the mildest state is just looking out for your own interest. So at some level to yeah. survive in life, we've had to do that from sure. the time we were little. Yeah. So there's there's very benign or mild or non-pathological narcissism all the way up to personality disorder. Mm -hmm. 
And when it becomes personality disorder, this is where someone has this very grandiose sense of themselves, their self-importance is overinflated, they're highly self-centered, they lack empathy, they think they're superior to other people and other people are inferior. Mm -hmm. They tend to have views of other people of idealizing and devaluing them, although others do that too, personality, other personalities. Like if you're giving them what they want, you're wonderful, mm -hmm. and as soon as you set a limit or don't give, then you're the devil, yeah. right? But it, the bigger thing is the sense of big, grandiose, I'm the special person, I need to be treated specially, mm -hmm. um, entitled, yeah. superior. Yeah. That's it. Man, oh man. Do those ever show up in the church? Never. <laughs> That's the cool thing is the yeah. church has no... Repels yeah. those kind they, of things. They're repelled by the church. Right. That's the great news. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We need a different screening process. Uh, Don't you think also that that word is like a fashionable word right now? Like yeah. everybody's a narcissist right, right now. And and that's what's tricky too when mm -hmm. people are having relationship problems. Yeah. They're very quick to diagnose the their partner person. or yeah. their ex yeah. as being a narcissist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. They're always a narcissist. Yeah. And the truth is we're all narcissists in a mm -hmm. way. So you could select out, well, you know, she didn't do this or she likes this or what, you know, we can kind of cherry pick behaviors yeah. and, and traits. So not everybody has a narcissistic personality disorder, mm -hmm. but when you see it, you see it, Yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, uh, but here's the other part that's, I guess, even contradicting what I just said, sometimes you don't see it. Yeah. And that's, what's really tricky about narcissists. Mm -hmm. is that they can be incredibly charming. They can work and, themselves into positions of leadership right. quite easily. Yeah. And there is at least one research study that says that the rates of narcissistic personality disorder among people in in pastoral roles, yeah. particularly preacher roles, yeah. is significantly mm -hmm. higher than the general population, I which makes that. perfect sense, right? Yeah. Um, and again, we, we you know, it's it's this makes sense of why that would draw and anyone that's in that position really has to reflect on themselves right mm -hmm. it's like you but you do see and i'm not picking only on mega church because it does happen in smaller churches but this person that starts this church that becomes a mega church that then is very centered around them mm -hmm. right and they become bulletproof and they become idealized and they mm -hmm. become yep. uh, having all this power and authority and it's scratching all that that narcissistic need. Yeah. For and then does it grow? Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause it, mm -hmm. right. And yeah. We, we it doesn't get of, satisfied. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I right. mean, it seems like there are some people who don't seem to be that way. And then the thing grows and takes off and it becomes, they, they get the more power mm -hmm. they get, the more. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. And I would yeah. say almost always in those cases, no, that's not true. Often in those cases, um, the the traits were kind of dormant yeah as it were like they were the seeds were there mm -hmm. and now this is the fertile ground where they can kind of mm -hmm. take off and and be this sort of grandiose self. yeah yeah what do you think the relationship to, of that is to patriarchy huge can yeah. you say more about that well i mean patriarchy is <laughs> this go. if it, and and maybe i'm going to define it differently than you might but mm -hmm. this idea that men are and should be in power mm -hmm. and that they have a superior role mm -hmm. and that they um, should. Well, that's narcissism. Yeah. Right. And it can get spiritualized mm -hmm. and Christianed up mm -hmm. with a theological sort of cover. 
Right. But really it's like, in, think about this. Anytime you're creating a system of theology or a system of thought that makes you <laughs> the right one who should be in power mm -hmm. is suspect. Yeah. That's patriarchy. Yeah. Would you agree with that as a yeah. def definition, but yeah, also as that's, a... that's great. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's systemically narcissistic. Mm -hmm. And I would say there's two paths to narcissism, yeah. right? Like one would be having an early wound and then you are overcompensating for that by saying, I'm the best, uh. you know, by saying I'm superior, I'm mm -hmm. in charge. The other path is sort of being raised in an environment where you're told you're the best, you're awesome, you can do no wrong, uh -huh. right? So sort of like you're the princess or you're the, you're right. the little prince. And that example you just gave, you know, where someone seems to be a healthy person, but then they're told you're the best, they're put up front, everyone's worshiping at their feet, right? That's really fueling narcissism. Yeah. yeah. And that that second one is, you know, I, I, I think we can say this is that I call it Kardashian narcissism. Mm -hmm. It's like you're raised rich and beautiful mm -hmm. and you are told you're special. Yeah. And that's how the world works so you that way. so your right. framework of the world is i am a special beautiful wealthy entitled person yeah and then it becomes part of your personality and often that's weirdly less uh problematic than the first that lauren's talking about i i kind of think of that first one as being like walking around in a macy's thanksgiving day parade suit right mm -hmm. you've got this all the time inflated yeah self around you that's false yeah. And it's all defending against this wounded self. I don't want to feel small. Yeah. I don't want to feel diminished. I don't want to feel like I'm unimportant. So I'm this bigger than life thing. Mm -hmm. So who hurt you is an appropriate question. For that one. Yeah. The second one, not. No. Because that the, usually it's like no one's hurt them. Yeah. Right? And, and you can raise, <laughs> right. You can raise kids Actually, and tell them you're beautiful and you're special, but... The way you raise a child with a healthy sort of inner voice and good, healthy self-esteem is to, yes, praise, you know, the things that are wonderful about them, but also acknowledge their failures and still accept them in light of that. That's how people develop an accurate inner voice and mm -hmm. sense of self. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, we're probably going to have to revisit this. So part two on yeah, the I, next I, one. I think so. Because where I'd like to go with it is, okay. This shows up in the church. Susie's already kind of telegraphed this. Yes. Our our point in this is not to shun people, diagnose no. people, keep them at arm's length. It's really to understand this well so that we know how to operate in a loving way that might be different than how we've been conditioned as right. As Christians. Christians, right. To love people well. Where we've often not mm -hmm. had the boundaries we need yeah. and we mm -hmm. haven't set the limits that we need yeah. and we haven't excluded from areas of influence when we needed to and all that kind of stuff sure yeah so part of being a healthy community is understanding but then also kind of relating in a healthy way that is truly loving but not just yeah. um sometimes yeah sometimes loving is let me, can i ask a question as to why you are that way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know there's a there's an invitation into relationship that goes beyond just being agreeable. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, and that's harder. That's a harder version of relationship, but I think it's also much more Christian yeah. than just being agreeable all the time. So, hey, 
This was great. Yep. Yeah. I can't wait to finish this conversation in our you next round. Back. Yeah. Thanks for coming, Susie. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, appreciate. See you next time on Journey on My Mind. Thank you for listening to Journey on My Mind, a podcast brought to you by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. If you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can email Kevin at kevin at journeytn.com or text us at 615-861-9503. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes and join us as we continue to explore the intersection of science and faith.